the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Protests erupt in the wake of the release of body cam footage in the Tyree Nichols case. You're not trained to do what we saw transpire. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he's confident a deal can be reached on the debt ceiling. Chuck Schumer never passed a budget since he's been leading. He's never passed an appropriation bill. Those are the most basic things that Congress should do. The IRS warns your tax refund may be smaller this year. We are going to be feeling a bit of a pinch. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, January 30th. I'm Mike Scott. Over the weekend, protests erupted all across the country in the wake of body cam footage that was released on Friday showing the death of Tyree Nichols. The footage seemed to show a young black man, Nichols, being beaten to death at a traffic stop by five black police officers. Tonight, the protests continue nationwide today for the Tyree Nichols case after that body cam footage released Friday showed him being beaten by Memphis police officers. Nichols then died three days later at the hospital. And his death now has reignited demands for change within police departments all across the country. The protests were largely peaceful until some demonstrators began hurling fireworks, damaging police cars, and vandalizing businesses. In Hollywood last night, about 50 demonstrators marched through the streets there, but there were a handful of bad actors in that crowd. LAPD says eight businesses were vandalized. Some so-called civil rights activists were seen not being so civil, shattering windows and spray-painting graffiti. Police later arrested a 22-year-old and booked him for felony vandalism. ESPN radio host Stephen A. Smith jokes and recounts what was seen on the video. What I wanted people to point to, to remember was that if you're watching these video, and I watched all 66 minutes of it, if you watch the video with the body cam, there is a point, a significant chunk of time where you can't see what is going on. But you hear the officers screaming, put your hands behind your back and all of this other stuff. They already had him restrained. They already had him in their possession. Then the cam, the surveillance cam from across the street is what caught them. You saw two officers holding him down. You saw another officer come and kick him in the face twice. You saw another officer come out of nowhere and grab the nightstick or the baton, whatever word you want to use, and struck him at least twice. They beat him to death. There is no way around it. Smith says it seems as though the justice system is working on this case. And as far as I'm concerned, um, obviously something needs to be done, but I do think it's important to call for peaceful protests and to recognize the fact that the system itself appears to be working the way it always should. They were immediately fired. They were immediately indicted. 
Okay, the charges have been placed against them, and it, it the process has been expedited, and it's moved with the quickness, and I'm very happy. The ESPN host says that while it's true that not all police officers are capable of what happened in Memphis, good cops need to call out bad ones. Of course, there's a few bad apples. Of course, not every police officer would do this. Of course, this is a stain on the men in blue, people who sworn, men and women, people who've sworn to protect and serve. And nobody should castigate them as a group. But as a black man, what you're saying is, is that when this kind of stuff happens, call them out. Because if you're going to stand by and do nothing, you're a part of the problem. If you're somebody that's wearing that blue uniform, you should feel just as bad, if not worse, towards those police officers who did this because they stained you. Smith says that he wants police departments to have more money to invest in better training. At the end of the day, that's why training comes into play. Mm -hmm. That's why, see, I've never been a, a, a proponent of defunding the police. Absolutely not. As far as I'm concerned, throw more money into into law enforcement, except, you know, you do that so they can receive the proper training and to make sure they know how to navigate their way through the all of this. Just like Dan Bangino said when he came on a bit earlier, you're not trained to do what we saw transpire. No, those are guys that are rogue. Highlight those individuals. But if you're a part of the, the police force and you've been trained and you know to do better, then part of your obligation is to stop your contemporaries, your colleagues from engaging in such heinous acts. The Memphis police chief has disbanded the city's so-called Scorpion unit, short for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace. The five officers were a part of that organization. Benjamin Netanyahu has announced a series of punitive steps against the Palestinians, including plans to beef up Jewish settlements in the occupied West Bank after a rash of deadly shootings against Israelis. Daybreak Insider's Sarah Natha has more on this developing story. The announcement cast a cloud over a visit next week by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and threatened to further raise tensions. Netanyahu's security cabinet, which is filled by hardline politicians aligned with the West Bank settlement movement, approved the measures in the wake of the attacks. It also plans to cancel security benefits for the families of the attackers, make it easier for Israelis to get gun licenses, and step up efforts to collect illegal weapons. The announcement said that in response to public Palestinian celebrations over the attack, Israel would take new steps to strengthen the settlements this week. It gave no further details. The Biden administration which condemned the shooting, opposes settlement construction in East Jerusalem and the West Bank. I'm Sarah Naffa. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy believes that he and President Biden will be able to come to an agreement regarding debt ceiling negotiations, in spite of the White House having previously stated that it would not negotiate with House Republicans. Forbes' Sarah Dorn explains in detail what could happen if the U.S. does not raise the debt ceiling. The last time we had a debt ceiling battle like this in 2011, um, when Republicans had just taken control of the House, President Obama was in office, and they were threatening spending cuts that the White House was refusing to agree to, the, the federal government came within days of defaulting on its debt, what is known as the X date. And that is when, you know, debt exceeds a certain dollar figure that is imposed by Congress. And for the first time in history that year, uh, the U.S.'s credit score was downgraded. Um, and, you know, financial markets took a tumble the following day. 
So it, it definitely could have ra- serious ramifications the closer we get to that. Right now, consumers, average Americans, and you know, even the um, employees who are invested in the retirement accounts that um, you know the federal government has suspended investments into these specific retirement accounts. That's what these extraordinary measures are. When the when Congress agrees on a new debt limit, those accounts will even be made whole. So as of now. Um, no, no serious ramifications, but we are we're getting close to um, risky ground here. Republicans have made it a priority to get government spending under control, particularly because many economic experts cite government spending as a major driver for inflation that has been gripping the country for about 12 months or more. As a result, McCarthy and House Republicans want spending cuts on the table. However, the White House says that Congress needs to pass a debt limit without conditions. House Speaker McCarthy says that he's confident a deal on the debt ceiling can be struck without compromising the U.S.'s credit rating. I know the president said he didn't want to have any discussions, but I think it's very important that our whole government is designed to find compromise. I want to find a reasonable and a responsible uh, way that we can lift the debt ceiling, but take control of this runaway spending. I mean, if you look at the last four years, the Democrats have increased spending by 30%, $400 billion. We're at 120% of GDP. Um, We haven't been in this place to debt since World War II. So we can't continue down this path. And I don't think there's anyone in America who doesn't agree that there's some wasteful Washington spending that we can eliminate. Mm -hmm. So I want to sit down together work out an agreement that we can move forward to put us on a path to balance at the same time, not put any any of our debt in jeopardy at the same time. McCarthy explains what he feels are the failings of Democrat leadership in Congress over the U.S. debt. What I want to look at is they've increased spending by 30 percent, $400 billion in four years. When you look at what they have done, uh, adding $10 trillion of debt for the next 10 years in this short time period. If you just look a month ago, they went through and they never even passed a bill through appropriations in the Senate. While Mr. Schumer has been leader, he's never passed a budget. He's never passed an appropriation bill. He simply waits to the, uh, to the end of the year and allowed two senators who are no longer here to write a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. I first think our very first responsibility, we both should have to pass a budget. We both should have to pass the appropri- mm-hmm. appropriation bill so the country can see the direction we're going. But you cannot continue the spending that has brought this inflation, that right. has brought our economic problems. We've got to get our spending under control. The House Speaker states that he's even willing to look at the defense budget to see if there's waste that can be cut there. I want to make sure we're protected in our defense spending, but I want to make sure it's effective and efficient. I want to look at every single dollar we're spending, no matter where it's being spent. I want to eliminate waste wherever it is. McCarthy says that Congress owes the American people an explanation of where their money is going if the government is going to ask for more of their tax dollars. So we hit the statutory date, but let's take a pause. We have hundreds of billions of dollars. This won't come to fruition until sometime in June. So the responsible thing to do is sit down like two adults Mm -hmm. and start having that discussion. Unfortunately, the White House was saying before, like, they wouldn't even talk. I'm... I'm thankful that we're meeting on Wednesday, but that's exactly what we should be doing. And we should be coming to a responsible solution. 
Every family does this. What is what has happened with the debt limit is you reached your credit card limit. Should we just continue to raise the limit, or should we look at what we're spending? Well, if Chuck Schumer, yeah, but if no, no, Chuck Schumer never passed a budget since he's been leading. Yeah. He's never passed an appropriation bill. Those are the most basic things that Congress should do. And what if you're going to show to the American public where you want to spend your money, mm-hmm. and if you're going to ask the hardworking taxpayer for more of their money, you first should lay out how you're going to spend it, and you should eliminate any way so you don't have to raise more but, but just McCarthy says that, in his opinion, it's Democrats like the president and Senate Majority Leader Schumer who are impeding progress on the debt ceiling talks. The Democrats. only person who is getting in the way right now is the president and Schumer. They won't even pass a budget. They won't even negotiate. We have now till June. I want to make sure we have something responsible, mm-hmm. something uh, that we can move forward on, and something that we can balance our debt with. So I'm looking for sitting down. That's exactly what I've been asking for. The only yeah. one who's playing with the markets right now is the president to have the idea that he wouldn't talk. Does the president really believe, and really all your viewers... Do you believe there's no waste in government? Do you believe there was no waste in that $1.7 trillion? That's what we were spending just four weeks ago. So I think the rational position here is sit down, Mm -hmm. eliminate the waste, and put us on a path to balance. Earlier this month, the U.S. hit its statutory limit on debt, and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says it is her opinion that there are measures that could prevent a default until June. Republicans argue the financial issues could be mitigated in a great way if they prioritize who they have to pay and when. But it's unclear if that is feasible because so much of that system in the government now is automated. It's two more years for Republican National Committee Chair Rona McDaniel. Daybreak Insider Shelley Adler has details on this developing story. The secret ballot vote at the GOP's National Committee's annual meeting in California was 111 to 51 for current chair Ronna McDaniel. The election did highlight fierce internal divisions that threatened to plague the party into the next presidential season. While former President Donald Trump privately backed McDaniel, powerful forces from within his Make America Great Again movement lined up behind one of his attorneys, Harmeet Dillon. Another candidate was MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell. I'm Shelley Adler. On Friday, the newly re-elected RNC chair stated that she will not run for a fifth term as chair in the future. Well, if you were looking forward to a hefty tax refund check this year, think again. According to an announcement by the IRS, this year your refund may have been put on a diet. News Nation's Lydia Moynihan explains why your refund check will be pretty thin this year. It's really a double whammy this year where we've all been experiencing the pain caused by inflation. We're getting less for our money, less than we were able to purchase even a year ago with soaring inflation. And now all of those special tax credits that we got during the pandemic 
have basically expired. So during the pandemic, they knew people were feeling the pinch and they expanded a number of credits, the child tax credit, the earned income tax credit, and those have largely disappeared or either shrunk pretty seriously. So tax experts are saying the people who got about $32,000 or 3,200 rather, I should say, that's the average uh, tax return that people got last year. Those folks now on average will be expected to get about $2,000 back. So quite a lot less and more than one third of Americans rely on their tax break when they're thinking about their financial future and they're planning for the year. So we are gonna be feeling a bit of a pinch. Um, experts are recommending that as we prepare to head into the season, you now can officially file your taxes. Um, happy Friday news. Um, that it's better to get on this sooner rather than later and to file everything online because the IRS is still experiencing a backlog, 10 million tax returns they still haven't processed from last year. So one way to avoid some of the hassle in the back and forth with the paper trail is just doing all of this online. In 2022, due to the pandemic, the IRS handed out refund checks that were, on average, about $3,176, a 14% jump from the average of 2791 in 2021. Also, the provision in 2020 that Congress introduced to encourage charitable giving has not been extended to 2022. The provision had allowed taxpayers to claim up to $300 in cash donations, even if they did not itemize. However, that provision is no more. Currently, the IRS is suggesting that you check your withholdings early in the year, so make sure you review those W-4s. Tesla says it intends to invest $3.6 billion to expand manufacturing capabilities in Nevada. We get more on this from our Daybreak Insider on Capitol Hill. Jeremy House. The company confirmed it plans to produce high volumes of semi-trucks and make enough cell batteries for 2 million light-duty vehicles annually in Nevada. The Austin, Texas maker of electric vehicles and solar panels posted record net income for the fourth quarter of last year. The Nevada expansion advances Tesla's plans to make 50,000 trucks in North America in 2024. Social media app is being investigated. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens on which social media app is getting extra eyes and why. Social media app Snapchat is being investigated by the FBI as its use relates to fentanyl overdose deaths. Investigators say they believe teenagers are using the app to buy what they think are prescription drugs. It's believed that Snapchat's disappearing messages are used by drug dealers interested in dealing to minors without detection. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally. What kind of plane is it? Oh, it's a big, pretty white plane with red stripes and curtains in the window and wheels, and it looks like a big Tylenol. The very last of the iconic 747 Boeing jet, nicknamed the Queen of the Skies, left its hangar over the weekend, considered to be the aircraft which helped usher in the modern era of air travel. Construction of the world's first jumbo jet has been retired. Reporter Kristen Goodwillie explains the storied legacy of the 747 Jumbo Jet. 
This is an iconic plane. It's been in movies, TV shows, and in songs. And it also changed aviation history. It allowed people to fly more affordably, faster, and farther. And it was a major moment for employees as they watched the last 747 roll off of this factory. David Bruton, a mechanic at Boeing who's worked for the company for over 34 years, says watching the last 747 leave its hangar is bittersweet. It's the end of the queen of the skies, you know. It's pretty interesting to be a part of all this, you know. It's, it's an emotional time. Bruton, whose father and grandmother also worked for Boeing, says it was amazing to be part of the 747 legacy. I feel like it's a legacy, you know, uh, to work on this plane for me, but it's been sad to see the last one roll out. The last 747-8 freighter will be delivered to cargo airline Atlas Air on Tuesday, more than 50 years after the first 747 was pulled out of the hangar. The 747 was first manufactured in 1968 and became recognizable because of its wide body and hump that made up its second deck. However, only 44 passenger versions of the 747 remain in use, but there are still over 300 freighter versions in the skies. While numerous government planes, including Air Force One, use the 747, changing aviation technology has seen the queen of the skies eclipsed by more efficient jet planes. Daryl Marmion, a top engineer at Boeing, who retired last November, said, quote, I'm retiring with my airplane. I'm actually glad at the timing because I do care so much for the 747, end quote. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.